What's up, everybody? It's Mike Atkins from Nerds on Earth, joined by... Adam from the Back Patio Network. And we are gathering together, but only, you know, in legally uh, permissible ways, currently yes. with the, the quarantine and social distancing going on. Uh, if you listened to our last episode, Adam and I were very excited to actually get to share space for only the second time ever, which might be a, a shock to some. But Adam and I have only been together physically uh, in the same, like, state really uh one time. one time yeah you came <laughs> so, back up last year sometime so yeah yeah and it's crazy uh, how much has changed since then yeah yep and so uh we were we were actually planning on me driving up to uh visit with him and his wife and his son and then uh COVID-19 hit and we decided to put that off it's probably for the best so we were going to be sipping on gold tips imperial tea and bringing you up uh you know an episode of the AMP um sitting across from a table from one another, but that's not how things have developed. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about that is I went to several local uh, Asian grocery stores and so far there was only one that said they could get it for me. Uh, the other two didn't have any, surprisingly enough. So did they tell you how difficult it was going to be or how expensive it was going to be if they did get it for you? No, but uh, the lady that I talked to, we've got one market that I go to because I, I have fallen in love with making ramen. Uh, it's been like this new obsession of mine. So I've learned how to do like all the different tares and, and the broths. And I mean, it's gotten pretty intense at the house as far as ramen making goes. So I've gotten to know one lady very well and she owns a shop near the house. And she told me she would order me some and that it wouldn't be too crazy. So... I'm hoping she can get her hands on it eventually, but you know, I probably won't see her again for another month or so. Yeah, no kidding. Man, man, I really hope this stuff dies down. I actually tweeted uh, on the AMP uh, Twitter account sometime last week, I think, that the hero that the world really needs right now is Recovery Girl. Yeah, and we had some fun casting her on Twitter. I liked seeing everybody's uh, mentions there. It's, it's so cool getting to have so many folks interact with us and, and like put in their two cents for who they're going to cast in our live action movie. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I guess we could pull those up and just share those. And we can, instead of just having a, an at a later date, we cast recovery girl. We can share who Twitter cast is recovery girl. Are you down for that? Yeah, sure. I'll bring it just up right now. Yeah. Kind of uh, before we dive in. That would be awesome. Let's see. We had, I know we had, you had a submission and I really liked this. Uh, we have a follower named Marco Gonzalez um, who cast Betty White, and I oh, really yeah. like Betty White as uh, as a uh, a casting, a live action casting for uh, Recovery Girl. Um, you had submitted Miss Foreman, who I don't know what the actress's name actually is, but Miss Foreman from that '70s show. Yeah, I don't know her name either, but I'll look it up real quick. And then your wife had posted about Angela Lansbury. Um, which is also an interesting cast. We didn't have a bad cast. Like I really liked all of the uh, different submissions that we saw on Twitter. All of them were really great. I, I would be pleasantly, I would be pleased with any of those. Absolutely. Although I think at least one of those is Angela Lansbury still alive. Uh, I have no I idea. I don't know. I will say, uh, Kitty Foreman was played by Deborah Jo Rupp. There you go. And who were you asking about? Uh, Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. She's still alive, because I was going to say, I think one of these breaks my rule for casting, but possibly not yours. I believe she is alive. 
Oh, okay. Well, any of them could work then. Yeah, because I don't they're all typically in IMDb old and so is Recovery Girl. It'll say like born and then it has a death date. I don't see one for her, so she must be alive. She would be an awesome Recovery Girl. I'd like that. All of them would be. I yeah. think any of three any of the three of those would do would do excellently. I wouldn't be disappointed with any of them. Maybe Recovery Girl has a bunch of sisters and it would be like uh, Gilmore Girls or not Gilmore Girls, uh Golden Girls. <laughs> or yeah, or it would be like uh like Pokemon where it's Nurse Joy and there's just a like the a recovery girl in every city. So side tangent, because this is something I love to talk about in Pokemon, you know how all of the different cities and towns have like the same nurses and the same policewoman. And uh-huh. I mean, the, they're all pretty much the same across every single town that Ash Ketchum ever goes to. The theory is, is that when he first got his Pikachu and it shocked him, it knocked him out and he's been in a coma ever since. And everything that happens in Pokemon is inside his head. And that's hmm. the reason why, like, all of the cities have the same people, because he only knows the people from his hometown, because he never left. Man, he has the saddest dreams ever, because yeah. he only recently won the league, didn't he? I know, he? like, <laughs> after, like, 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> He'd been dreaming for 30 years in a coma, and he just now got yeah. to the point where he was the he was the champion in his own dreams. Yep, but that's it's a really fun fan theory that breaks it down even more. Like, uh, Brock is actually, like, a personification of one of his feelings, and so is Misty. Like, it was really cool. I remember reading this a couple of years ago and, and being like, someone put a lot of thought into that. Yeah, that's interesting. Brock would be... Like the personification of his libido, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. I mean, obviously, right? Yeah, obviously. Brock, I mean, Brock I, and I, uh, uh, what's his name, Mineta, would have like a great time together. Oh yeah, yeah. Brock would fit right in with uh, Mineta and Saro and Kaminari, no problem. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, enough of side tangents. We <laughs> we've been talking for like six minutes, and we haven't said the first word about episode eighty-four. Uh, that's okay. People, but we are people here listen to, to us talk. because we love to talk, not because yeah, we talk yeah. specifically about my hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we we are here to talk about episodes eighty four and eighty five of uh, My Hero Academia. Sometimes it sounds like we've forgotten, but we haven't. We have notes and everything. Yeah. We even have like we even take the time to plot out like, all right, this is the talking point order for this uh, for for this episode. We've been staring at it. This whole time, and yet we're just now getting to it because, you know, we, we leave space just for us to have a conversation. Absolutely. You know, this isn't a board meeting, so. And, you know, I think people would be surprised to see, like, how lengthy our notes are because sometimes I write novels, man. I do not. I'm a very light note taker. Oh, I'm um, not. So I, I kind of just kind of hit narrative beats, and sometimes I will um, write down a joke if I think of one, but otherwise I'm... Just kind of flying by the seat of my pants in memory, uh, looking at the manga as we kind of move through it, and uh, just taking things as they come. Well, go ahead and start us off with episode 84, man. How does this get started? All right, episode 84 is called Deku versus Gentle Criminal. Um, it is right there on the 10, but right before uh, the, the two titular for this episode characters uh, meet or bump into one another, we kind of get a few minutes of kind of 1A winding up for... Uh, their their performance. It's finally, I think it's the day of right here at the beginning, or maybe it's the day, no, it's the day before. It's the night before, they, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Guard Dog, like, kicks them out of one of the training rooms. That's right. Um, chases them out at 9 p.m., yeah. and uh, a couple of the characters, I think Panetta and Kaminari, are, they're like, oh, we can't sleep, we're so excited. So, you know, 1A is just hanging out. Um, for some reason, they give us a timestamp here. It's eleven thirty-five. Um, we get a lot of timestamps in the next yeah. two episodes, but I don't understand this one. <laughs> I, I don't know this one. Like, I kind of get the next day when they're trying to really emphasize, like, "Hey, it's getting down to the wire." But twenty-four hours beforehand, it's kind of like, "Eh." This is a uh, in theater. This is what they would call Tech Week, and it typically is awful. 
I would know nothing about that. I never did any theater. I did some like silly skit stuff for, you know, conventions and youth, youth retreats and stuff like that, but was never a theater kid. Yeah, I did a handful uh, in in high school, so you know, it, I guess it carried through to podcasting, right? <laughs> it certainly doesn't hurt. Um, but we, you know, that's that's basically the first couple minutes, and then we get kind of a short another couple minutes with them the day of the next morning. They're doing final gear checks and stuff, and Midoriya realizes that the rope that he's dangling Aoyama from during the living disco ball stunt. Um, during the song is frayed, so he wants to replace it. And it's kind of funny, too, because Aoyama swears that it's it's proof of how strong their friendship is, um, which is so creepy. He it is, is creepy. This, it's just the way that he says it is so weird. I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this? It also doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, if, you're, if the rope that represents your friendship is frayed, there may be some issues there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that line, Midoriya is trying to explain to everybody, he's just going to run. He's going to make a quick trip, uh, and go pick up another rope the next, the, uh, you know, before I think their thing starts at like 10. So he, he figured he's had got plenty of time. They ask why Momo doesn't just make another one. Um, but they're like, well, we just can't use her as a tool. And then <laughs> there's this line where Kaminari's just like, but people use me as a charger all the time. And this yeah. just glossed right over. <laughs> It's also it's uh, really convenient that she's asleep as well, because, you know, if she was around, she would have just been like, oh, here, let me get that for you. Yeah, yeah, she, would, she wouldn't mind it. That, my biggest complaint of these two episodes is how many conveniences there are to make these two episodes work. Like, so many things just fell into the right spot, you know what I mean? Well, and then I was just like, why doesn't Midoriya just run? Like, <laughs> like yeah. you just turn on your uh, full cowling and run, dude. Yeah. You would have been in and out in no time. Um, it's, there's a lot of like things like that in these episodes where I'm like, why don't you just do this thing? Yeah. Um, yep. But there were a handful of those where I, I kept thinking that too. So, okay. I'm glad I'm not alone in that. No, no, no. So Deku wakes up. I think some of this stuff still took place the night before, but Deku wakes up at six 30 in the morning to go practice with all might before he needs to run this errand. And when he's out there, uh, May Hatsume runs up on him again, uh, practicing, and she hands over these cool new gloves that we get to see in action a little bit later. And it's funny, too, because she is, like, physically dirty. Like, she's almost colored, like, this brown color because she's covered in grease and, and nastiness. And I guess she still hasn't showered yet. Still hasn't showered. Super gross. Yeah. So he takes these gloves that are conveniently ready right before he's about to have to face a big bad guy. And he has, like, getting used to them, I guess, was taking longer than it should have. Or he wanted to get more acquainted with them so he he doesn't go to the hardware store to get the rope until the very last second and it looks like he's nonchalantly walking there so yet again why aren't you running and trying to get this stuff quick but as he's leaving it just so happens the only convenience store in town that's open early enough for him to go to and get back to the festival in time is right next door to the tea shop that gentle criminal was going to drink tea at yep so that he and labrava are kind of incognito he's dressed up kind of like well, kind of like many people in public right now, actually. He's like got a like a surgical mask on. Yeah, I guess so, he was trying to hide his identity. Yeah, yeah, I think so. He's got surgical <laughs> mask and sunglasses on. So I was like, hey, man, he's he's uh, he's playing to the times. Um, initially, I think that I had in my notes that he was dressed up like the Ninja Turtles used to when they mm-hmm. would go out um, of the sewers in like a big old trench coat and super ridiculous looking uh, like bald white baby masks. Right, um, right. 
Man, that was why. Why did we love that show? Have you tried watching it as an adult? Because it is, it does not hold up. I does it not? See, the only no. thing I've watched is the uh, the original like '90s movies because those were my first exposure to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I love. Oh them. yeah, so, those movies are great. I mean, at least the first the first one is excellent. First or the second one is it's it's okay. It's good, but for, it's for different reasons. They play up the comedy a lot more in yeah, that one. Yeah, I, the, the I like the one, one where they do bonkers. time traveling though. I thought that one was fun. Yeah, that one's of the three. It's definitely the weakest. It but. is for sure. But no, I've not yeah. watched the cartoon, so I'm gonna have to give that one a shot. I bet Max will love it. He'll love stuff like that. Yeah, I tried watching the cartoon not too long ago, and I was just like, "Yeah, this isn't for thirty plus year old me." <laughs> um, so, but I get why you know young Mike would love it. But right anyway, uh, back to this this man. He's he's dressed up in this uh, like a trench coat and a surgical mask and glasses, and they bump into one another, and uh, they start chatting about this gold tips imperial tea which in, in this go ahead i was gonna say this is another convenient thing where if if freaking gentle criminal had just kept walking he never would have had any issues his plan would have been successful and it would have gotten shut down however he had to run his mouth the moment he like turns around and starts running his mouth i knew it i was like midoriya is going to know who this guy is he's going to know who midoriya is and that's exactly what happens he should have just he should have just done the criminal thing and kept going if he hadn't been so gentle about this he might actually be a real villain yeah, this does lead to a really cool like visual, and I like this. This this takes place a lot, and I think it happens a lot in anime too, where they kind of will tilt their head down and get a shadow over their eyes, like yeah. down to almost like the bridge of their nose. So there's this really cool shot of Midoriya after he realizes that it's General Criminal standing in the street, and he's got that shadow cast over his face, and he just puts the bags down, and he's just like, uh, "What is this? Some sort of ritual for you?" And just totally tips his hand. He's just like. Yo, bro, I know who you are. Um, and so this is this is it. The the conflict doesn't happen right away. It it escalates like it starts with conversation, which is kind of strange. They keep like talking back and forth. Um, like gentle criminal says at one point, I think that he's going to be the criminal that saves the world, which is I think is a really weird line. Um, but Deku is not having any of this. Um, and we at some point, maybe right now, but. We got to talk about motivations for these two. I have mixed feelings about all of what takes place after this and why, and specifically because why. Yeah, it's it's weird because they continue to talk, and at first you're right. It there's it seems like it's going to kind of pander out, but they end up fighting. I mean, Gentle Criminal is going to try and run away. Deku is going to try and stop him. We know that that's going to happen. And the moment that this all starts to go down, I think even LaBrava is kind of like, oh, crap, like this is not going towards plan. And she immediately almost wants to back out. I kind of felt like the moment that they even ran into Deku, she was like, I don't, I think this is a good time to go ahead and call it. But Gentle Criminal wants to move on. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead and I don't tell know me. If- I, I want to know more about your situation with the motivations here. So it's just, it's just weird because it's, it's airy versus a mustache is what I say in my notes because Deku is like, all right. And and it's more than that. That's just my tongue in cheek way of referring to this. So Deku is not concerned at all about uh gentle criminals, actual criminal activity. He just wants airy to see a rock concert basically well it wasn't just area though i mean he he knows how much work everyone's put into it and he doesn't want to let them down knowing that he could have stopped it right 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 but then you have on the flip side and this is the part where i'm i don't know how i feel about this because we learn not in this episode but in the next episode that gentle criminal and la brava both basically been like 
chewed up and spit out by hero society um, yeah. or by society in general, one of those two things or both. And so they kind of are built up as sympathetic characters and Deku doesn't give two craps about it. And I'm like, dude, be, be sympathetic or compassionate. Instead, he just keeps pounding them. <laughs> like, it's well, so strange to me that after hearing, like after kind of having some of this stuff come out that he's so aggressive, um, I don't know. It was weird. And, and I'm, I'm, I get way caught up in motivations too often. So I, I understand that this is a, a cool fight. It's a spectacle of a fight. It's fun to watch. Um, but it just, I don't know, just the, the reasons for it felt weird to me, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess I, it seems like none of that gets revealed until near the end of their fight, though. So to me, it's, you know, Deku doesn't know about it until it's too late. Or at least he doesn't know enough. And even then, once he does, we still have like the next episode episode 86 it seems like it's going to be more of the arrest scene so i'm interested in seeing if he kind of has reflections on the fight you know what i mean yeah we'll see um but anyway he gentle criminal looks at lebrav and he's like start filming and uh deku's kind of looking around and he kind of is like well there's no hero agencies around here because Duh, it's UA. Um, so, you know, there's not generally criminal activity around this way. So he's he knows that he's basically just going to have to handle this on his own. So he springs into action, but he runs into this, like, invisible barrier. It looks like, um, it looks like when... You ever seen those Facebook videos or YouTube videos where somebody puts saran wrap over, at, like, head height through a door frame, and then yes, they run yes. through it and duck, and then the other person behind him runs face first into it? That's, yep. what, this, that's what this made me look... Uh, made me think of. Uh, like saran wrap on a door frame. So he's like, he hits something and it stretches and it's elastic. And this is where we learn that what gentle criminals uh, quirk actually is. He calls it elasticity because he can bestow elasticity to anything that he touches. And he says, if you watch my videos, then you should already know. And having my notes, I was like, dude, you keep cutting those bits out. We don't know anything about what you could do. All we saw was a weird like gelatin store at one point, but that was it. That's the only clue that we've seen in anything. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. And uh, he's also, I thought that this was weird too, because Gentle is super confident given that he knows nothing of Deku's power. So like, what if Deku had a power that wasn't a, like a physical assault thing? What if he had a power that was like Shinso's? Um, then this would have been over immediately, regardless of his little elastic screen thing you know um, true he's just standing there all cocky and confident like this thing is you know I, I don't know it was weird i was gonna say there's something that really just cracks me up about the fact though that like he's sitting there there's this kid from ua he knows he's from ua so he knows he's probably going to be one of the you know more advanced heroes or up up and coming heroes and instead of trying to do more about it like once deku gets reflected back they just like bounce off into air like kangaroos you know, or, or like yeah. he kind of looks like Willy Wonka, like floating off into air with Labrava because they just start bouncing away whimsically. And, th and this is when Labrava is like, hey, you know, I'm pretty sure that's Izuku Midoriya. And he broke his like hands and arms in the uh, fight at, at the big festival, the sports festival. So he's crazy. We might want to be careful with this. And they turn around and Deku's like coming after them, you know, like frothing at the mouth, ready to get a villain. I like, too, that this gives the first, well... Maybe not the first, but it gives a really good explanation for a double jump. Like, we see double jumps all the time. Yeah. Never an explanation for the double jump. It's just like, well, you can jump again, duh. What's hard to, <laughs> you know, what's hard to wrap your mind around that? You know, gentle criminal can double jump, and it makes sense. He can jump infinitely, I guess. I don't know what the physical limit of his quirk is. 
Uh, we, I don't think we've seen that yet. No. I mean, the, the only limit that we hear about is that he can't just dismiss it when he wants. But uh, yeah, so he's he's jumping on his little platforms. He's creating them as he goes. And uh, Midoriya is in hot pursuit. And we get a short little like kind of breakaway in the middle of this where um, Ari and Mirio are like making their way to the um, to the festival to get ready for it since, you know, it is the day of. And I have in my notes that Ari calls Mirio Lemillion, and I, I just have in my notes, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> just call him Mirio. Nobody likes the name Lemillion. Um, so, and then you have a cool scene where Jiro is trying to get Midoriya to teach her how to take better notes because she's like super excited about how to make the band better. And she has these uh, like lined notebooks full of notes, but they're really disorganized. And she wants to like tell Tokoyami how to be a better guitarist and things like that, which is really cool. I, it's just cool little moments like that I, to kind of break up the fight scene some. I really like that scene with Jiro too, because there's a moment where Bakugo is like, hey, Tokoyami, don't use your weak riffs. You're not going to kill the crowd with those things. Like just totally poking at them. Yeah, and then uh, I think Jiro's just like, it's in check lesson three. Yeah. And he's just like, opens it up. It's pretty funny. There's also another moment, I think it's in the next episode, where Jiro tells Bakugo like, hey, don't improv too much on stage. I don't want everyone else, you know, getting off key. Like, they can't keep up with you. And Tokoyami's <laughs> like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> Fun little uh, bits of levity before we get back to the hot pursuit going on as Gentle Criminal and Brava are still heading towards UA, uh, now Mir- uh, Mirio, uh, Midori is still in hot pursuit, and uh, he gets off, he uses his gloves for the first time. Now, um, he does this by, he flicks, and we've seen this, like him practicing, he like snaps his fingers or flicks his fingers, um, And but the, these gloves are designed to concentrate the blast, so that it's like, um, it kind of reminded me of Bakugo's little, uh, his little, what, what, what do you call that move where he kind of was it shoots it armor through piercing his... like the AP yeah, shot? That's right. Yeah. The AP shot. I can't believe I remembered that. Yeah. Good for you. I know. Yeah, thank you. Except not because I don't know when you've washed your hands last, <laughs> uh, uh, but it's, that's what it reminds me of is it's concentrated and uh, like uh, narrows the scale and scope of this thing down. Uh, is what those gloves are designed to do, which is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It reminds me of, I don't know if you've ever seen them or not, but they, they used to make them all the time and uh, they were like these, big mega oh gosh i wish i could remember what they were called we had one as a family it it was like this gun that you would pull uh strings in the middle back and it had this piece of plastic inside so it would capture all the air around yeah. you and then shoot it's called an air zuka air zuka that's what it was yeah man those things were so cool it's a, it's a lot like that yeah in fact um there's a scene somewhere in one of these two episodes where may kind of has one of those she's got a box with a hole in it and she's yeah uh, like pounds the side of it and shows the little rings coming like out demonstrating how his uh, his new equipment works basically yeah yeah so then midori manages manages with this shot to kind of knock gentle criminal like out of his groove i guess on his little floaty elastic uh disc things but he grabs onto him he grabs onto Gentle Criminal, and I just have in my notes, I don't know that this is the best idea, because the man just said anything he touches, he could turn to Jello. So I just had visions of, you know, Midoriya being a Jello Midoriya or a Jello Deku. And I don't know why that didn't happen. That was another thing. I noticed, I think it was in a later episode, or maybe it's later on in this episode, it's explained he can only do that to inorganic material. But that's not what he explained to Midoriya, though. Well, maybe he just he said lied. literally... 
He is a villain. Well, Midoriya doesn't know that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's true. He can only operate with the information he has. <laughs> That's true. I he literally told Midoriya, anything that I touch, I can make elastic, including the air. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said almost verbatim. Oh, yeah. So e- even if that is a... Um, you know, a, a restriction on his quirk. Midoriya didn't know it, that. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't know that. Um, in fact, I'm reading the thing now on, um, on the wiki and it doesn't have that restriction. It just says his quirk allows him to bestow the property of elasticity to anything he touches. So it doesn't have the inanimate object stuff in here. Huh? Okay. I could have sworn I saw that in the episode. I've got it written down in my notes. So, but mm. you know, I make things up all the time. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, the whole thing that like really weirded me out about this is there's there's like also conveniently random construction sites next to the school. So they end up fighting in this weird construction site and La Brava uh, immediately is trying to quell somewhat of a crowd that's building up. I think it's just one guy, but he's like, what's going on over there? And she goes, oh, we're just filming stuff and like points at her camera. And, and, you know, I got to think like, I'm sorry, but if I saw this kid and a guy get into a fight and then this girl that obviously dressed up like a villain recording it, I would kind of be a little skeptic, you know? Yeah, this guy just thinks that he's got a first row, you know, a front row seat to the newest Avengers movie getting shot in his hometown. Yeah, because doesn't he say like, oh, what channel is it going to be on? (laughs) Yeah, when's it airing? And so, you know, of course... Uh, Digital Criminal uses this to his advantage because he jumps up on one of the I-beams in this construction site, and they're easily, like, probably 30 or 40 feet off the ground. Like, I would say that they're at least four blocks up. Or not blocks, but uh, four stories up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're pretty high. So he's standing on this thing, and he starts to make it bounce, and he, uh, like, pulls the pins from it, which I don't even know how he did that because I thought those things were, like, welded together. Uh, So that was pretty... I guess with his quirk, it probably, like, vibrated out or something. I don't know, but before before we get to that scene, there's this cool shot where he's jumping around all these beams, like in zigzag patterns, and Midoriya's trying to anticipate where he is, and he shoots, and uh, Gentle Criminal uses his elastic discs oh, to yeah. angle the shot back at Midoriya. I thought that was pretty that cool. That was cool. Uh, he, he used it like a, a reflection, basically. And he's calling them air membranes, I think. Yeah, I have that in my notes, too, air membranes. Yeah. And I think... I think Traditionally, I could be wrong, but I think that those things are typically like riveted in, not bolted in. But I don't. I'm not a construction worker. Yeah. So anyway, he pulls he pulls it out. He turns it into jello and manages to pull it out, um, and then starts making it. He's bouncing on it like a trampoline, and he's trying to explain to Midoriya that his he can't volitionally cancel the the elasticity of it. It just kind of wears off, and then when the this thing's elasticity wears off, it's going to fall. And the that one audience guy is like standing down beneath him. So gentle criminal. I thought I had in my notes that he uses Deku's heroism to make his mistake, his his escape. But he denies that later on. Um, I don't know. He said that he wasn't ever trying to hit that guy. Yeah, I don't. I didn't believe that for a second because it. I, there's a part of me. This is another one of those scenes that I was sitting there going, "Why doesn't Midoriya drop the I beam? Like the moment he gets over there and catches it, he should have immediately dropped it onto the roof that they were on and gone right after him. But instead, they make it seem like there's a good, easily four or five minutes go. I mean, we know it's not that long, but the show makes it seem like there's a long time before Deku puts it down and goes after Gentle Criminal. I'm surprised that he caught it at all. Those things weigh hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Oh yeah, you know they're super like, heavy. I know that but... he's strong and all, but yeah, I mean, like I had in here, I was like, "What is the average weight of a steel beam?" And I did some uh, internet research, and they weigh like 
you know, 20 to 30 pounds per foot. And Deku is listed in the wiki as being like five and five and a quarter inches tall or something like that. And that beam was easily twice his length. So you're talking about 250 pounds probably. And he just catches it. Um, and then in a second, he just holds it up with one hand like it's, you know, um, like no before deal. he puts it down. Yeah, but he yeah. is also super powerful. I mean, if he's anywhere close to doing 20% full cowling, he should be able to handle that no problem. Oh, yeah, I, I agree. And in uh, Gentle Criminal, I think pr- maybe prior to this, says something about how strong and fast he is. Like he knows that he's dealing with somebody that has a strength quirk, a power quirk. Yeah. Or, I don't remember what the categories are anymore. There was also a weird moment in definitely here. Definitely, he's, he's going to be a bruiser. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and there's also a weird moment in here where uh, he, he's trying to convince Deku to let him go. Because there's like a split second Deku's got him pinned up. And he's like, hey, I'm not like the League of Villains. You should let me go. Which just seemed weak. I don't know. Gentle Criminal is just a weird villain, I still think. I, he's just not my favorite. Well, this is... This is where this is the end of the episode where um, the episode ends with Deku kind of with the beam up in one hand. He fires off a shot. Uh, I think it hits Gentle Criminal again. He kind of falls, but is able to keep going like he doesn't fall and stop moving. Um, so he and Labrava continue to move towards UA. Um, and I just have in my notes like as this episode is ending, I just have. And it was at this point that I began to worry that I wouldn't see Jiro perform <laughs> because we've known already that if any kind of alarm is raised whatsoever that they were going to shut down everything and evacuate everyone. And I was like, but, but I want to see Jiro sing. Like, this is the thing that I want now. Um, you did this to me, my hero. And now there's a chance that it might not happen. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it doesn't, I don't, that feeling doesn't linger for long. I mean, it was still a back of my mind worry, even for the entirety of the next episode too. Um, just because, they keep getting closer and closer to UA, and we know that uh, Bloodhound or Hound Dog, what's that guy's name? I don't know. I've got um, him listed as Guard Dog in my uh, notes, but I don't <laughs> think that's right. <laughs> yeah, so he's he's uh, Hound Dog. Yeah, that's right. Um, so he's roaming, and we also uh, we find out in one of these uh, episodes that he also has a bunch of ectoplasm clones patrolling with him. He's also so like, uh, muzzled in these all episodes. It takes is, which he's what? he's muzzled in these episodes. Yeah, still. He wasn't, though. I feel like he wasn't, like, a couple episodes ago, the first time they showed him patrolling, right? I thought he was. Hmm, maybe. We talked about him being off the leash, but still being muzzled. That's I thought right, that, that was a right. conversation okay. that we yeah, had. No, you're totally right. For some reason, I was thinking he was totally unmuzzled. But I'm trying to figure out, like, what is the efficacy of this guy if he's muzzled? You know, like, there is he going to no get a hold of somebody? I don't know. It just seems weird. Maybe his, maybe his whole point as the patrol is just a howl. Like, that's the alarm, is <laughs> if you hear howling, then something's, something's wrong on the ground somewhere. Like, he just werewolves it up, and then it's like, oh, that's, that's Hound Dog. He sees something. You have, know? have you or seen him? Or it's just a squirrel. One of those two things <laughs> is true. just a squirrel. <laughs> uh, my ball's over there. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him in civilian clothing? I'm looking at his, uh, his wiki page right now. Oh, yeah. He looks a lot leaner in civilian clothes, Yeah, that's too. what I was thinking. Because he looks ripped in all of these other outfits that I've seen him in. And in this, he just kind of looks like a scrawny little like wolf guy. Yeah. He looks like more like Michael J. Fox teen wolf instead of like a uh, werewolf in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. Well, anyways, on to this, episode 85. Uh, yeah. This one's called School Festival Start, which is a misnomer. I mean, I get. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a misnomer. I don't think the festival has started yet still. Well, no, we get President Mike saying it started in this. 
Oh, that's true. That's so. True. I don't. I well, mean, it felt like a big old tease anyway. It was. I was like, oh, do I get to see it? And then no, you know, you no, know, this episode was definitely a tease. Uh, but That's they true. start off at the festival, like people are getting ready and they're noticing that Deku's not around. Uh, and I think it, we actually have, uh, is it Todoroki that is talking to someone is like, yeah, he had to go get rope. Yeah. And they're all wondering what's taking him so long. And I'm like, yes, what is taking the guy that can go full cowling 8% and run at a thousand miles an hour so long to run this? Why hand? didn't this they send one of those Ida? That would have been so much smarter. That is also a concession, again, that I think is a necessary concession for these episodes to make any sense. Yeah. Like, there's there's a hundred other... Well, the way that they explained that part was Midoriya felt like he had to go because it was his piece of equipment, you know, um, mm. or some such like that. They said something similar to that somewhere. That's real convenient. Yeah. There is a... Before we get into this episode, too, just real fast, um, if you have the manga, this is getting into... Um, the 20th volume this is the very beginning of the 20th volume and at the beginning of it there's an opening page where they just take all the characters in class 1a but swap their hairs around so like everybody in the class has somebody else's hair and some of these are really freaking funny that's cool i need to post these to the uh, twitter at some yeah, point yeah you should that'd be great because like all might has um oh man all might let's see let me uh, scroll back up uh, so I can get a look at this stuff again. Because All Might's made me laugh out loud. It looks so silly. Um, let me get this back. Dang it, I closed out. Okay, so All Might has Shoji's hair. Uh, and it's like Jinko Jean's All Might, but with Shoji's hair. And it's way funnier than it sounds like it is. It looks it looks silly. Um, and then you have, what are some of the other funny ones? I think Midoriya, I think, has Aizawa's hair. Um, so... Some of these are just really good. One of them that I had a hard time telling was totally different was uh, Kirishima has Mina's hair, and it doesn't look all that different, to be honest. Um, mm. Like, it looks like Mina. It looks like it looked like Mina, if except for the horn. Uh, Mina has uh, Yagirozu's hair. So a lot of these, it's just a funny little goofy thing that they have. Like, Sue has uh, Kirishima's spiky hair. <laughs> it looks ridiculous. That's awesome. It's just a funny looking thing. I'll share it on the Twitter when this episode drops. That would be like a horny toad, right? Because they, they've got the, all the horns over them yeah. and whatnot. Okay, yeah. I'll, gi- I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Pretty good. All right, back to episode 85. We keep, Man, we are the kings of tangents this episode. <laughs> We're having fun. Who cares? <laughs> we are. Um, we start off this, like you're saying, at a festival, and um, there's a showdown or a com- confrontation between Monoma and Kendo. Monoma is basically rubbing it into her face that he's basically been a free man since she's been working oh, on this so funny. Uh, yeah. beauty pageant. Yeah. All the time, ta- all the time, Awase is like standing behind him this, this entire time. Um, so he doesn't realize that. I mean, he didn't realize that Awase carries a big stick too. And I don't know if Kendo like deputized Awase to, you know, follow Monoma around and keep him in line or if he just, took up the mantle on his own, but regardless, it was it was a really funny scene a couple episodes ago. I like to feel like they're the main characters in a, another My Hero world. You know what I mean? Like, they're, if, if My Hero had a Class B TV show, you'd follow those three. That would be pretty funny. Yeah. And then we see the bi- uh, Bibimi, car- whatever, I'm not even going to try. Um, the Bibimi lady who I said looks like a character straight out of Tu Wong Fu, and she laughs, and she laughs just like the fairy in the Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, when you go to her fountain and it sounds like she's enjoying herself way too much, right. um, she laughs like that and it was super annoying. I was like, please God, let the scene end fast. <laughs> um, and it does, thankfully, um, there, you're basically left 
with a short scene where All Might is like, well, you know, we gave, we had this leaving the campus form that Midoriya filled out and Midnight's wondering what's taking him so long. And then we're back to La Brava um, and uh, Gentle Criminal and the Midoriya and them making their way towards UA. There is a one funny short scene, though, where Pile, I think his name is Pile Digger. Is that it? No. No. I, I always no. get his name Let's wrong. Let's see if you can get yeah. it. Yeah. You do. I always want to call him Pile Digger or Grave Digger. It's the Digger guy. He's telling... It's Power Loader. Power Loader. I'm not even close. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Power Loader is telling Hatsume to clean up. And she's like, what do you mean? I look great. And it's another day. Like, another day has gone on. You know? I'm like, <laughs> come on, Hatsume. <laughs> so gross. So, yeah, we're right back to this fight between uh, Midoriya and Gentle Criminal. And I will say, this is my favorite part of the entire fight because... Gentle Criminal and La Brava have escaped by using this crane that he made bouncy, and it, like, throws them, you know, it's, like, pendulating back and forth, and it, it, like, throws them off into the forest. So what does Midoriya do? He goes and gets on it and uses it like a, a jump. I mean, it's just cool. It was a fun scene where it just lined up perfect that that thing was still bouncy. They're playing Angry Birds. That's what, exactly, yeah, yeah. It looked like they were being, uh, oh, shot out of a, my brain is blanking. Slingshot. Slingshot. That's, uh, I was going to say, what is the is the medieval? Oh, you're, looking, you're talking about a trebuchet? Trebuchet, yes. Yep. And uh, he, Deku also remembers where the discs are. Like he starts remembering where it is that Gentle Criminal had jumped from, did his little double jump thing. So he's starting to use those little elastic, what do they call air, air membranes, membranes to catch up with them. Which, too, is, really which is really impressive. Cool. I mean, those things are invisible. Yeah. And then he also uses one to deflect uh, one of his little finger gun things uh into uh gentle criminal's gut like after he lands he baits gentle criminal into using an air membrane in front of him and like bounces it off of a couple that he had just jumped off of to get around behind him and shoot him like in the ribs it was pretty sweet yeah that was definitely like a awesome adoria moment there and and then right afterwards he like pounces on him so they're on the ground he's ready to take him into custody and we get some uh, la brava backstory which i don't it makes my feelings of their relationship even more questionable because i feel like it's confirmed that she's like a 16 17 year old girl because it's seems like i think she's yeah i think she's even younger than she that. might be because it shows her like in school and i feel so bad for her because she's being made fun of for a love letter that she sent this guy that she loves and he's like telling his buddies about it and he's like man she's stalking me you know she sent me this letter expressing her love and it was full of stuff that there's no way she can know unless she's been following me and she's right outside the door hearing the love of her life you know at the moment at least just like railing on her and and so you know she goes and I mean, it gets to the point where she's like staring at a computer screen and contemplating suicide which is just insane it's poor girl you know yeah it, a, a lot of this feels super dramatic but as as quick as i wanted to just be like you know make some jokes at the expense of the gravity of all this for some people, this is a very real experience yeah. um, where something like this could be as devastating as it is for her. Um, so I was trying to be careful because, like, you know, as a youth pastor, I know of students where a relationship ends or doesn't begin or, where, you know, whatever the case may be. And it is devastating. Like, their their experienced reality is this is this is traumatic, at least for, you know, a time, uh, you know, and she's living in that time right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, she's like, after that, I couldn't believe in anything or anyone anymore. Or maybe I'll say goodbye to my life. And reflexively, I wanted to be like, good Lord, calm down. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I can 
I can, I'm, I'm not fast to, to be that way because I deal with students who that's, that's their experience. You know, everything's feel, everything feels traumatic. Right. Um, well, and I don't, and so that's, that's tough. I don't think there's anybody out there that, that enjoys rejection, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, the, I think she said that she was in her first year in middle school uh, when when this took place, and she's still, I mean, she's a little older now, I think, than then. So I don't think years have passed, though. It doesn't, but she's young. Yeah, she has to be. It, it doesn't really seem like there's been much of a timeline because she's watching some of earlier videos of Gentle Criminal on her computer, and he says something along the lines of like, you know, for all of those people out there that are experiencing lamenting times, you should follow me and worship me, and, and I'll get you through it. You know, and she just immediately starts this obsession with Gentle Criminal, and you you can tell. That that it's been at least a couple of weeks because she goes from being kind of a normal looking to having those dark circles and heavy bags under her yeah. eyes. And it gets to the point mm-hmm. that they don't go away. And she's worried that gentle criminal is not going to want to talk to her because of her dark eyes. It's kind of silly because she's watching this video and she just said, I didn't feel like I could believe in anyone or anything any- anymore. And then gentle criminal in this YouTube video says, I shall give you something to believe in. And then she's just like, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very convenient. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna grab my stuff and live with you now. I yeah, because it um, makes it seem that way. Like she just packed up and then like went and somehow found him and knocked on his door and was like, "I love you. Let's be friends. Let's live together." Yeah. And it's really funny too because I have in my notes that there's a line where she says, "And you accepted me without question." And I just put up underneath that I said, "That is why he's a criminal. <laughs> Nothing else that <laughs> yeah. we've seen him do is even remotely as criminal uh, as as him just being like, "Hello, strange young girl. Yes, you can live with me and say that you love me, and I will say the same things back, and you can lie on top of me while I'm prone." And uh, yeah, that's that's why he's a criminal, guys. Definitely. And uh, it gets even at weirder. Least in my it gets stranger because we go back into the fight and they're on the ground laying there next to each other. She looks over at him and says, you know, I love you. And he starts to get powered up. And we're, it's revealed that her quirk is called love and that by murmuring her love, she can power up that person uh, for a short period of time. And the deeper she loves this person, the stronger they can become, up to 10 times stronger at least. You know what this reminded me of? Tell me. Okay, you've been you've seen all the tournament of power, right? Yeah, yeah, I've seen all the tournament of power. Oh, this is like that entire universe. Yes, this is Ribrian all yeah. over again, and I freaking hated Ribrian. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> it's that was very like Sailor Moonish, though. That whole universe reminded me of a Sailor Moon universe. Oh yeah, I mean, it was definitely, um, it was, it was definitely very reminiscent of that, if not a direct homage. But I also have in my notes that like Huey Lewis would be super proud of her <laughs> because. He has that song. It's the power of yeah, love. Yeah. Um. And and that's exactly what this is. It feels like she's the embodiment of a Huey Lewis song. And they call it lover mode. Which please, can we never call it that? Because it makes me uncomfortable. Dude, it's so he weird. He calls it. It's not that she just calls it lover mode. He calls it. I get their the feeling lover that they mode. agreed upon that name. Ah, it's gross. It's weird. But he gets super souped up, uh, so he's getting stronger, and he's able to do this really cool like spin, flip, kick thing, and kicks Midoriya off of him while getting away. 
And uh, there's a moment where you kind of think like, oh man, Deku's down because he hops on top of him and like cracks him over the neck and they get up and they start to walk away like NBD, no big deal, guys. We're just going to head on into UA and Deku leans back, looks over his shoulder and is like, I haven't lost yet and starts, you know, hitting him with uh, everything he's got. And he tells him like, you're not even close to the, the fastest or the strongest person I've ever fought, which I think really takes Gentle Criminal by surprise. Is this before or after the the weird sandwich thing that? Oh uh, no, this is before because does. that may be the coolest super move I've ever seen. You liked I, the sandwich, dude? Thing? I thought that was so. That's the only cool thing Gentle Criminals done. <laughs> okay, what did you like about it? I, I like sandwiches, so I guess just that. <laughs> that's the entire <laughs> basis. <laughs> It's just the theme got me. Yeah, you um, can ask my wife. I will make a sandwich out of anything. Like I, I do it all the time. I love sandwiches. So when he when he called it the like super sandwich move, I was like, yes. And he just stacks a bunch of uh, airmen brains like like he's making a deli sandwich and then puts Midoriya in between them. It's great. Yeah, I liked two things about this. Well, I liked one, and then I really kind of wrestled with another. So the thing that I liked was Gentle Criminal feels like making a sandwich this thick is beneath him. Like it's so not uh, the hip, cool, suave thing to do because he's like, the thinner the sandwich, the classier it right. is. Nevertheless, I have to, I'm loath to stack them this high. You know? <laughs> he calls it the um, gently sandwich, doesn't he? Yeah, he calls it, it was gently trampoline, gently sandwich, yeah, all kinds yeah. of stuff. But then after this, he says, uh, I have to see this through the fleeting dream of a man past his youth. And initially in my notes, before we get his flashback stuff, I was like, so all of this is just a midlife crisis. I guess heroes and villains have to, you know, navigate those two. Um, but like right after this, we start to get some of his flashback stuff. But before then, I think Deku pulls like a straight up mole man move to get out from underneath the sandwich. It looks like he burrows underground. I didn't catch that. I think it, tra- it transitioned pretty quick for me. So I don't know. I was also... Or, or maybe he just flicks the ground I, I wasn't sure but it uh, it was hard to see it was very 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 fast yeah yeah no he, he does get out of it though like seemingly pretty easily too for i mean the situation that he's in yeah. But I, I was going to say, you know, you're talking about having like a midlife crisis. Some people get convertibles. This guy decided to become a villain. That's pretty like you got to know there's some loose wires there, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it, I mean, he does decide. I mean, we get in this flashback. We find out that um, he failed the provisional licensing ex- exam four times in a row. He had been held back before. Um, and his whole thing is like, well, I really want to be a hero whose name is in the history books. and this other teacher's like, I'm really trying to convince you not to be a hero. I don't think that's for you. Um, and then sometime later, he's out and about in public and uh, like a maybe like a window washer. It's hard to tell what this person was up there doing. Um, but a window washer is like falling. And so is a box or platform, whatever it was that they might have been standing on. And so he rushes over there. And it, this is much better portrayed in the anime than in the manga, surprisingly. Because um, in the manga, it's a lot more suggestive than it is explicit. Uh, like in the anime, he runs over and try to use his, tries to use his membrane to soften his fall, but it ends up uh, like making whatever was falling behind that person fall onto them. Like it bounces off of the membrane and then lands on this guy. Well, and also there's like a flying hero that's trying to come in and save this guy. Yeah. And it, it, like one of the air membranes blocks the flying hero. So he also that's right. 
impeded a hero from doing his job, which I think this actually takes place before the meeting with the teacher because the teacher is trying to convince him to withdraw and saying like, you know, we are not a prestigious school. I think he was trying to say, we can't defend you in this. Like you did something bad because in that scene, his mom's next to him and she's crying. And I was like, well, why is she crying? So I think the, the, you know, the incident happens and then he's at the school and the school is like, Hey, we're nobodies. We can't help you. You're, this is stacked against you. Like you've got to withdraw because it seems like the judge makes a deal with him. You know, if you pull out of school and don't try to become a hero, you know, we're not going to charge you to the full extent that we could. Yeah. And so he, in the, in the manga, you don't see the only thing that you see is there's a guy falling and then there's an air membrane that the flying hero bounces off, bounces off of. And then the very next thing, it doesn't show that guy being squished or just the picture of him underneath anything. It just says the man who fell uh, will need six months to, uh, to make a full recovery. Um, and that they were going to be charging him. That's one charge of uh, obstructing public duties and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know that he like goes to prison per se. I don't but think so. He does get expelled from the school and that's what like his parents are really upset. And I don't know if he gets kicked out or if he leaves, it's hard to tell. Um, but he ends up kind of like a vagrant. <laughs> and this all took place when he was 18, right? Yeah. And yeah, cause we jump ahead when he's 22, which is, um, a handful of years later. Which um, I have, and he bumps into an old classmate. I have in my notes that when he's eighteen and twenty-two, he still looks like he's thirty-five. They, yeah, it's the gray hair. It's man. gotta be. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, he just does not look young to me. It's it's harder to see that age in the uh, manga because it's just white, just right. like a blonde-haired person's would be. Um, but yeah, he runs into a guy who was in his would have been in his graduating class, um, who is now a pro hero, and he's like, "Hey, don't you remember me? I was in the hero class with you, even though I got held back and." The guy doesn't recognize him at all. He's just like, uh, no, who are you again? And then this is the thing that triggers him. He's like, all of his dreams died in that moment instead of any of the previous ones for reasons. Um, <laughs> and he goes into some house, I guess, where he's living, and he finds a book that's called The History of Supervillainy, and then the rest is history, as we say. Yeah, it's a crazy spiral of events for this poor guy. I will say it 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 would be awful to have gone to school to try and be a hero, like work your butt off, not be able to pass a test and then finally be confronted with a situation where you're like, I can be the hero and just miserably fail. Yeah. But then imagine how uh, happy he was to find out that there was a profession for which he was totally equipped that required no classes or licenses whatsoever. Supervillain. It's true. You skip, you skip all the bureaucracy and, and uh, licensing totally. You just go be a bad he's guy not even a, and have he's fun. He's not even a good bad guy, though. I mean, he just... I don't know. I Like I said earlier, I'm not a big fan of Gentle Criminal. This, is, this has <laughs> been like the, my least favorite story arc. I'm, I'm really hoping that the next episode is the end of it. Well, we snap back out of his, I guess, his recollection or just for our own sake, some of this backstory. And I had this question because it the, the power of love is like steaming off of him still and i was like i wonder how this affects his body because it's not like standard gentle criminal is like his body is used to tremendous force or speed or any of that stuff but now he's got this super boost and he's running and pouncing and jumping and fighting and slamming and i'm just like how is his body taking all this that's a good question Um, i hadn't even thought of that yeah uh i mean it's just a i was just like well it's 
dumb question that we'll never have answered. Um, I'm sure it's just the love, you know, the love, the love does the things. It protects them. It's the ultimate MacGuffin. Yeah. It seems like he's doing a pretty um, good job, though, because he's almost going toe-to-toe with Midoriya. I mean, they're exchanging blows and, like, I mean, it, it reminded me of when All Might fought All for One, uh, where they, like, would punch each other and catch each other's punches, and it's like they're, like, grip, yeah. you know? Right, right. Yeah, so he's he's definitely a pretty uh, close match for Midoriya. Um, and then they, they're conversing during all this as well. And he's just like, I'm, I'm the same as you, uh, I think. And I can't even tell who's saying this because you could swap their uh, dialogue around because they're both saying essentially the same thing. My dream isn't my own anymore. Yeah. Um, is what both of them are saying. It's just that they're talking to themselves in a mirror, basically, which is another reason why this fight felt so weird to me. But um, anyway, um, they're, they're, they're caught up within themselves and they don't see that Labrava decides to continue on with the mission. Or at least make it such that once Gentle Criminal is able to break away from Midoriya, they could very quickly resume the standard operation. There was one moment where Midoriya said something in that bout that I really liked, where he said uh, his dream was too big for his body. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool way of thinking about it. You know, like he just wasn't equipped to handle his dream, kind of like uh, Gentle. So you're right there. I mean, they're one for one. Uh, and this whole bit where Labrava runs off is really frustrating because she's like, oh, I'm going to hack all the things. And. I don't know. She explains how she's going to do it. And I'm like, that's not how that works, but that's fine. And so her Wi-Fi that she's got to connect to isn't strong enough. So she's got to get closer to UA and she stumbles across uh, the, I'm going to call him guard dog. It's hound dog. Yep. Yeah. So she stumbles across hound dog and a bunch of ectoplasms, which would be terrifying to stumble across in the forest, honestly. That's true. Yeah. That, uh, I think it's that, uh, what are they? There's five of them. Uh, yeah, that little cluster of ectoplasm who we think is obviously... Did we say he was the number one? Looked like a villain? Yeah, he definitely... When we were making up that list, because yeah. Gang Orca was only like number two or three for some reason? Yeah, no, he's definitely number one. I can't believe that guy's not a villain. Yeah. <laughs> and so imagine this little girl running up on four of him and then also a muzzled hound yeah. dog. Who is like clearly lost so she's, his mind. She's kind of... Yeah, and and she's she's petrified. I mean, she is not a combatant really. Um, she is she's a buff. That's all that her thing is. Because um, I don't, she can't use it on herself. I mean, it has to be other oriented, right? I would think um, so. She can just be like, "I love me," and then get stronger. That would be a serious like narcissism um, complex there. Yeah, but uh, so we we start to get kind of cut back and forth between her doing her best to avoid them, and while also trying to find the signal. Um, there's a really cool line in here too where. Gentle Criminal, I think, finally in the pursuit of his dream, which isn't all that much different than Midoriya's to hear him talk, it, uh, he's like, all right, I'm going to just put an end to this. I'm going to abandon all of the things, all of my principles. No more dignity, no more honor, no more style. I'm just going to, we're just going to duke this thing out. Um, and he says that, or thinks, I can't remember if he was thinking this or not, but he says that it's as a, like it's almost like a, out of respect or it's like a compliment paid towards uh, Midoriya that he has to go this far. It's the only courtesy I can show you, I think, is how he's um, how he phrases it. So he feels like I have to do something that is outside of my character in order to achieve my dreams, um, which is kind of an interesting thing. I mean, it stood out to me in the episode anyway. It's a mid-combat uh, evolution of his character, you know, it's kind of neat. It gave him a little bit more depth. 
But then the, there's a moment I liked yeah. here where he makes a mention to Midoriya, like, am I still the weakest thing that you, or the person you've ever fought? Or not weakest, but weaker than everyone else you've ever already fought. Uh, and, and Deku just pulls out all the stops, man. And it, this is a pretty awesome moment because Labrava starts to come back trying to get away from uh, Hound Dog. And I had in my notes Scary Teacher because I couldn't remember Ectoplasm's name. Uh, so she's ru- <laughs> she's running back from them. And, and she kind of distracts Gentle for quite a, like a second or two. And this is when Deku pulls off this sweet shotgun blast using his new gloves. I mean, it was like five or six little blasts at once. Because uh, it like opened up and expanded. I thought that was a really well done scene. Like it looked pretty cool. Uh, and then he follows it up with a St. Louis smash to the face. I mean, just kicks this guy right in the face. You have to know that hurt. Yeah. And again, Gentle Criminal doesn't know who this person is that he's fighting. The only time that they were aware of him, he was only using his fingers to fight. True. Which is what he's seen. This entire fight, so he's totally blindsided by this kick, which is Midoriya's new jam, you know, the shoot style thing. Yeah. So going back to their experience of him in the uh, sports festival, they just thought that he had refined um, and perfected his finger fighting. And then so this kick just catches him completely unaware. I mean, doesn't block it, no air membranes, nothing, just straight up to the jaw. I can't believe. Drops him. I can't believe that Midoriya didn't break his neck. Like, I don't know how that didn't kill him. I guess the power of love, but I mean... Yeah, you know it. it that's the only thing I could think of, because that would have broken any normal human being's neck. It had to have. And, and again, that goes back to my question, how is his body able to do all of this? He's just a dude, yeah. you know? Um, but anyway, uh, La Brava comes back on the scene, and she starts begging for Midoriya to let him, let Gentle Criminal go. Um, and the, the the long of it is or the short of it is, I guess we don't want to go too long is there's, they're kind of going back and forth about, you know, she's begging him to be let go. And he's having this internal debate about, you know, we, we can't be seen with her, with me as an accomplice because, you know, I don't want for her to get caught up in all this. So the power of love starts seeking out, seeping out of him again. And he just throws Midoriya away just blasts him off. Which I don't get, um, because the whole thing was like, well, I can make it seem like there was never a fight. As he's laying there, totally beat the hell up. Well, I think, doesn't he say that he got, like, hit by a car or something dumb? I guess, um, I don't... To try to explain, I stumbled stumbled over a pebble. It's even worse than being hit by a car. I on the stairs. Like, that's the story you want to go with? Plus, who are the heroes going to believe? They're just going to be like, Midoriya is going to be a witness to all this um, and just be like, no, dog, uh, he, yeah, he was coming after UA and she was with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Finger Labrava yeah, too. I, dude, I have no idea. This ending scene here, I just I didn't care for it all. I'm like, what is going on? Because they're laying on the ground. They've shoved Deku off, which apparently is going to make his crimes less punishable. And the moment that Hound Dog and Ectoplasm are on the scene, he's like, I want to turn myself in. I'm like, oh, get yeah. over yourself. I don't. I just didn't care for this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's gentle criminal doing his best to try to keep Labrava from being caught up in his criminal activities. But I was like, you should have been doing that a long time ago. Yeah, you should have closed like, that door on her the moment she. Now is not the time to have regrets. Exactly. Well, and the or at least been like, where are your parents? Yeah. We need to, you know, that's that's the listen, listeners. If some child comes up to your house. And they're like, I love you. Can I can I live with you forever and be your social media um, manager? Then you need to be like, 
We need to find an adult that is your <laughs> yeah. parent. Like, that is the only appropriate response well, to this. Don't do what Gentle Criminal did, because it is not And right. his justification for it's even worse, because at first, you know, she's like, oh, I want to help you. And he's like, oh, you, you know, you can't help me. Like, we're doing illegal stuff. And she goes, well, I already hacked something. That's illegal. And he goes, okay. It's like, yeah, that's Yeah, so, he's just like, oh, yeah, you're a criminal. Absolutely. so weak. Just like me. It's so stupid. Yeah, uh, it's so yeah. weird. This their whole relationship and dynamic is one that I I dislike. I don't. Yeah, like. I don't either. I think it's. I think it's. I think it. It's discomfort. Yeah, they're like at, at very at the very. They're least. laying there hugging each other. It's just weird. I don't know. So guard dog's gonna take but him away, I guess. Do, yep, and we do see that they're in, in the after credit scene that the the UA festival does not after all get canceled. So we get to see the show hopefully in the next episode or two because I'm ready to watch. Yeah, it. I am. I'm excited to see what. Do we even know? Does Deku still have the rope? Because that's how this is going to go down. He'll show up without the rope. I can totally... I'm calling it now. (laughs) I mean, he could just, like I said, do what he should have done in the first place, put on full cowling and run and go grab it real fast. It's just sitting on the floor outside of the coffee shop that's only 15 minutes from UA. I would be so so pissed. That would just be like, why? (laughs) Come on. Well... I mean, I'm, Aoyama wouldn't be able to be a disco ball. I'm excited to see Talk it. about somebody not being able to live into their dreams. That would be the real crime. Oh, yeah. Aoyama would be so upset. He'd probably defriend Midori on Facebook, like on that uh, that mm. hero Facebook that they've got. I don't know if he's ready to defriend old Deku. I think that he's... Uh, I think he's... S- still seeing this friendship bud in his from his perspective. That's fair. So That's fair. It's just, it would certainly be a bump in the road. Well... That was episodes 84 and 85. I got to say, I'm looking forward to the next story arc. I don't know what it is. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what the school festival looks like and what, what follows up after this. Yeah, the uh, definitely some of the weaker stuff that we've seen, just narrative strength-wise. Um, I'm sure that there are some people that love it, though, yeah. too, and that's totally, totally fine. Yeah, no, no, know? totally. Um, it's just... This, this, this is how tastes and opinions work. We, we hit something where we're just like, meh, you know, it's fun to watch. We like talking about it, but... Not our jam, really. For me, I think it's so hard because we went from like the Chia Saikai and the League of Villains, who are just these badass guys, like really crazy plots. They've got this massive scheme to take down heroes and and like become this corporation that you know fuels the bad guys and the good guys and is just raking in dough to this gentle criminal that like wants to drink tea and sneak into UA. It just like yeah. you know, it just is such this mountain drop for me where like I'm at the top of that uh, roller coaster. And then there's no drop. <laughs> so it was just weird. Uh, but, you know, I get it. It's lighthearted. It's fun. Uh, but speaking of lighthearted and fun, I want to know who you cast as Midoriya because apparently you cast this and then the world stole your idea. Yeah. And I actually have like I have a note on my phone that's dated January 2nd, 2020, um, because I went to lunch with a buddy of mine. And this was right after I think you and I had started live casting or at least had talked about the idea and so he and I had spent about 10 minutes at this lunch, just kind of spitballing for five or six characters. We cast All Might first, and it was unanimous um, with The Rock, as we've already discussed. And then the second character that we cast was actually Midoriya. Um, and it was also, he and I were like, of one accord. There's only one person that we really could see um, play in Midoriya. Again, according to my rules, which is we're casting it to be played tomorrow. Um, and that person is uh, Tom Holland. Oh we my think Tom god! Holland would be a good. Midoriya. I hadn't even thought of him. That's perfect. Yeah, he'd be a great Midoriya. I think he could do it really I think well so too. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. That's really good. I like that a lot better than mine. Oh yeah. boy! Why? Who did you say? Uh, Jack Quaid. I don't know if you know who that is. 
I do not know who Jack Quaid is. What's I've only now? seen him in a, like a handful of things, but I've been watching The Boys on Amazon, and he is one of the main characters in that. I just sent you a picture in Skype. Ah, okay. But okay. I could just I could see that. He, in that in that uh, that show he kind of plays like a uh, I don't want to say meek but he kind of plays this like anxious nervous guy that you know has these like scenarios that play out in his head where he talks real big but then he's in real life he he doesn't say anything he would said in his head you know and uh, he he really evolves yeah. into more of this like strong willed I got to do what I got to do kind of guy so it I, something about his acting in that TV show specifically I was like I could see him being a uh, Bedoria. Apparently he was in uh, the Hunger Games, but I never watched those. So, yeah, me neither. I think I watched the first one. I have strong feelings about the Hunger Games trilogy too. Don't get me started. <laughs> I have strong feelings about a lot of things. I'm a very opinionated individual. But that's what makes um, this sh- about a lot show of so much fun. If you didn't have opinions, it'd be boring, right? Yeah, I'd just be like, man, yeah, it's yeah, all right. Like- As I was, he's he's all right, I guess. <laughs> um, there's no fun in that. And there's no truth in that, as always. The he best. is pretty awesome. But I think that's going to wrap us up. And I can't wait to see you, my favorite student, man. Jiro's going to be jamming oh, soon. Know, I'm so excited. I, I mean, there are other characters, blah, blah, blah. But Jiro. We should know. have saved our casting for her for next week's episode. If we had realized what was going on, we could have planned ahead. But Yeah, that's true. So, who did I, I cast? Did I, who did I do? Was that my Zendaya casting yeah, was Jiro? Yeah. I think that's right. So who are we going to cast Look next week? Um, I don't know. Uh, who haven't we cast? We just did a student. Do we want to do another um another adult? I'm fine with that. I feel like on Twitter there were some folks saying we should cast Bakugo's mom. Was that one of them? It was Inko Midoriya, but we we, were, we cast well, her. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we cast her. Yeah, we cast her last time. I think that was the recommendation. Was Inko, okay. um, not Bakugo's mom. Hmm. And we've already cast Bakugo. Bakugo's mom sounds like a like a middle school insult. You know, like that's something the kids would have yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Um, we can do ectoplasm. Let's see. Ah, that I feel like ectoplasm's just gonna be a big old CG dude. You know, you just get a voice kind of like Bradley Cooper. You don't want for... Ray Mysterio as ectoplasm? Get out! I don't know enough about Ray Mysterio. <laughs> I don't so. either. I just know he wears a mask that looks like ectoplasm. Oh, so. <laughs> let's cast. Uh, let's cast Midnight next oh, time. God. Okay, we'll do Midnight. I already have. I already have a Midnight. Oh, I feel out. like I don't. This it, is... it wasn't a part of my note, but I know it's, who it's gonna it's be. Midnight's already. dangerous territory, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're casting Midnight. All That'll right. make it extra. All fun. right. Well, you guys, you guys know what we're casting. So get your Midnight casting ready. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys. Almighty Podcast is brought to you by the Back Patio Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Almighty Pod or follow at Back Patio Net for all network news. If you enjoyed what you heard, go check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash network. You can help support the network, get access to early episodes, and lots of other great stuff. If you want to get to know us, come hang out in our Discord channel. We have lots of fun and would love to have you in there. My name is Adam, and you can follow me on Twitter at TheRealSimso, S-I-M-S-O.